Hey, this is Zach. Just wanted to give you a heads up that in this episode, we talk about domestic violence in the home. Hi, you're listening to Charge Tech Podcast, episode 72. I'm Zach Grosser, and with me are... Frederick Amati. And Owen Williams. And we're going to look at tech under the hood. Yay! Sick. How are you, Zach? You know what, Owen, Frederica? I'm fantastic. Wow. Fantastic. Wow. What happened? Yeah, no, it's just a great, it's Friday. We're recording Friday. <laughs> We've got lots of coffee. Um, so much. <laughs> so, so close to the weekend. We're doing the podcast, which I think is always kind of a highlight of the week, you know? I said I hope, three I hope everyone listening feels like that too. <laughs> you stayed up to when? sleep. <laughs> Um, uh, I, th- I think that's part of the, the news is Fortnite well, Season we, 5 came out, right? Did we talk about Fortnite last week? A I, lot. I don't remember. Yeah, well, because <laughs> so I think we even talked about Season 5, and so it came out yesterday, and I played during the day because I didn't have any, like, deadlines. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, but nobody was online, so I w- was online at, like, 11 again, and somebody messaged me, hey, do you want to play just, like, a couple of quick games? I played for like five and a half hours or something. Like uh, all my friends in the US were online because it's the end of the day there. Ooh. And so we all got on Discord, all four of us, and we were like going. It was really bad. We played badly. But I was playing with streaming on Twitch because I was curious. It was a very interesting experience. Wait, you streamed yourself on Twitch? Yeah, it was really interesting. I always wanted to try it. It was Was weird. your head visible as well? Yes. I did the thing where you put it like in the corner and like, okay. oh my God, I got killed, guys. <laughs> do you think you'll do it again? I did a, uh, yeah, I think so. I would do it again. I think it's fun to play and just like talk with other people. I actually think it's more fun than not doing it because there's, if people are watching and you chat, like I learned a lot and I think people enjoy watching other people suck. <laughs> I'm I pretty suck. sure I would like it better in a more sociable setting. Mm. So that could be calling or like being yeah, in the so room. Yeah, so what I did is, um, <laughs> I was playing with Mac and I was playing with my friend Joel and my friend Justin and I had them on voice chat and then through Twitch you can hear them all oh. and so like we're all talking there's a lot of banter and like I'm talking on the stream and then to the people and I think that's actually really fun if it's just you being like huh, 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 I'm gonna run over there like it's not yeah, as fun true so, so Frederica, tell us about your week yeah my week was fine <laughs> it was fun I don't know I had a pretty quiet week actually yeah uh, which is nice because uh, sometimes you have a very busy week or a couple of weeks and then it's nice to kind mm. of have not such a yeah, busy week. I can relate. And I did a lot of uh, illustrations for myself, which is always That's great. Cool. I love when I get to do that. Yeah. Like, it's something that I really craved and, and the timing was per- pretty good this time, which is good because sometimes when you have the time to work for yourself, mm. you don't want to or you don't feel like it oh, or so whatever. True. And now I was like in a really good flow. So that was good. Yeah. You know, I've seen a lot of your new stuff and it's amazing. If Thank you. other people want to see it, where would they look? <laughs> Zach is um, like the show notes guy this week. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think an a easy way to start is my Twitter because I post a lot of my work on Twitter as well. And you can there it's like see my portfolio or get a link to my Instagram as well, which is a good place to follow me too if you want to. <laughs> nice. So, should we launch straight into the topic that I think Zach brought this week uh, to, the, to the table? So, we're going to talk about this first and then the news, I think, at the end. Yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. So, there was an article in the New York Times about um, how tech, as specifically like the Internet of Things, being right. used for domestic violence, pretty much, and abuse in the household. Right. There is usually one person in the house that's re- yeah. really into right. the like Internet of Things uh, connected home devices, I guess. And then the other person usually goes along with it, but isn't that interested in it. You see that a lot. I mean, and it also kind of switches per device. Like some people... Like it really depends on the life. use case, yeah. But for example, like, um, you know, someone could be terrorized by their abusive partner, like turning the heat up or changing the lights, or we're not going to maybe list things off and give people ideas, Yeah, uh, unfortunately, idea. but... Um, what I was surprised by is actually it's widespread. Like I think Nest was one of those devices that like came into the home, uh, like very subtly for a lot of people. It's it's kind of like if you're shopping for a thermostat, it almost seems stupid to go and buy a Honeywell when that's on the market. Yeah. 
And I think most people didn't think about the fact that it was connected. So I think the problem is that we think about that it is connected a lot. Yeah. uh, Because we think about it privacy-wise. Like, I don't want my neighbors uh, to have this information. I don't want Google to have this information. Yeah. What if uh, my Nest Cam will take photos of me naked and share it on the internet? Stuff like that is something. Those are big concerns for a lot of people. And those are things that we talk about a lot and also are like very, um, I mean, these companies address these issues very well. They think about it Mm. a lot. But this one actually caught me by surprise because I had never thought about this before. Because um, in this case, the privacy breach or like comes from a person that lives in your house yeah, and those to- they don't have tools for this. Yeah, and the problem is that usually um, the person that's less interested in these objects, they don't know a lot about the, the things at all. Right. And sometimes it could be- even be that they don't know that their partner is doing this to right. them. Right, right. So it feels like why. their house is turning on them. Like, right. Yeah, I don't want to give examples in the right. but a couple scenarios are pretty obvious, like play music in the middle of the night or turn on the lights or whatever this your google device turn the heat up. This to you well yeah <laughs> and all yeah. these things happen to you uh, a lot of abusers will um manipulate through making making the the other person feel like they're going crazy yes yeah. and so or it, unsafe or unsafe yeah so it doesn't necessarily feel um like it's happening directly to them they just be like i feel like i'm going crazy because right. all of this stuff keeps happening in my house yeah and it it makes the situation a lot worse. Yeah, because then like people obviously get way more vulnerable, and yeah. And it's... then the abuser can play savior. It's... Exactly. Yeah. Or worse, um, and yeah, I don't know. It feels very, very. Okay, so one of the big problems that we are faced with is that a lot of um, instances that provide help in mm. situations like this don't know anything about it yes right well there's no group tracking this either at the moment that so that was the problem of what new york times said is like there's no methods for dealing with it because of that yeah yeah it's so new too. there is yeah. there is no safe uh, or like a safe space or like what's it called like a emergency button in any yeah. of those things right and a lot of the like domestic violence support helplines they they don't know how to deal with these situations necessarily yeah. either unless right. I mean like they're they're now doing a lot of training because they're starting to understand yeah. that this is more widespread. But I mean, they're not they're not trained specifically for this, and yeah. now they have to be. It's it's like really a a shift. That's why this article came about actually because there was a group that did a study about it, and they actually made a guide for um, instances to. Uh, deal with problems like this interesting um which is something we will put in the show notes one thing that actually the new york times said is a really big problem is people uh, like for example installing a nest um it's actually really hard to undo it and so a lot of uh these cases develop from the other person in the relationship removing it and then it escalating because of that right because right. then like the only way to stop a nest is literally rip it off the wall and then what and I think that's a lot of the problem is like, I don't feel in control, so I'm going to remove it. It's usually how you would like deal with such things or like change the lock or whatever. But mm-hmm. with this, it's like you can't actually get rid of it very easily. Yeah. It's not like a right. if you've installed a digital lock or a digital nest, it's opaque actually how to solve it outside of completely removing. And, and the other thing about installing them is like the digital side of installing it. So I... I have a nest in my home, and I also have Philips Hue. And I would like you to know that I wired up Zach's nest. Owen did. I won't complain <laughs> about it. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it was because we had the wrong plug, just to be clear. It still doesn't work right. But <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh, sorry, Owen. Uh, um, so I, oh, he should be I, sorry. I, yeah, I said, I'm the one. Yeah. <laughs> well, I dragged you on the podcast. Oh, so I, I set up Hue and Nest in our house, and my partner has the apps on their phone, but mm-hmm. I have to get my partner's phone and log in with my email address and login to both Nest and Hue so yeah. that they can access those services, which is crazy that it, it's just like when Google Home came out and it didn't mm. recognize two separate people. Yeah. 
it was just like, well, there's one Google account hooked up to it. And it's like, that's not the reality of people's home situation. No, that's the home pod. Oh, the home pod. The home pod right now, right. the current state of it, it lets you read whoever's uh, linked to its text messages. You can only yeah. link one person to it and you cannot turn that functionality so off. So here we are back at the fucking core of every fucking problem yeah. with businesses in San Francisco yeah. is that there is only white dudes sitting at a fucking desk <laughs> not thinking about the safety of actual people and using this for tech. themselves yeah 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 because they live alone in some I expensive don't know. apartment yeah. yeah in Sunnyvale yeah it's really interesting I uh, this just reminded me I was just flicking through it uh, you can't see it but um, every year IKEA releases these reports about like life at home. Um, and this year, like the last year, they talked a lot about um, safety and like feeling relaxed and also technology. And even in here, they say like a lot of arguments at home actually stem from people, uh, like 17% of arguments at home actually stem from people intruding on other people's space, which is interesting in itself because then you're adding like this digital element yeah. into that. And that's really hard to quantify. Yeah. It's like, what is space digitally? Like, and how does that work when you don't know what's going on? And like the canary, I, I mentioned this previously. Like I used to, we got given a, um, what's it called? Like it's, it's like a nest protect camera thing. Like it's, it's just a smart camera. And the whole premise of the canary is really cool in the sense that like, cool, your house will not be robbed. And so the whole idea is you're supposed to put it there. It has an app. You both install it. It knows when you're home. So it doesn't let you like record. Like you can't see the video feed and access anything when somebody's at home except what we've discovered after a month is a first of all we didn't trust it necessarily it's really hard to and second of all like you could just override it and it wouldn't tell you like what if say you are showering and someone is entering your house or whatever or someone is yeah right so the way that the nest does it is a bit more interesting because they do like the recognition of like familiar people uh and do not do anything with it on the device which is actually really cool because it doesn't go to the internet if it recognizes somebody um but then you've got the side effect of that is like it doesn't protect against the uh, potential harassers in the uh, home in the scenario and like with canary whoever set it up first uh is the only person who can remove other people from the home oh no and so what we we have quite a lot of devices here but we kind of agreed that we should both have admin control over the whole thing and nobody so a lot of devices don't let you remove other admins like you can only remove yourself and those are the ones that we use um as so the nest you can do multiple devices and only admins can't remove each other i think that's cool philips you you can't uh unfortunately but we don't have remote access uh enabled on it for a reason um i'm hoping they'll add accounts i mean that's weird it's weird. Uh, I like Sonos, for example, because they don't have any of this at all. You can't remote access it. There's no account, so you can't delete somebody. I know um, someone who works on a YouTube. I don't think there's oh, stuff yeah. like that's going to happen. No, I don't think Hugh is that good at thinking. They don't seem to be that self-aware. Little, we can't, like, I could get into the whole Hugh API and how you can't unauthorize an app without writing a piece of code. <laughs> it's but, really bad. Well, and just while we're on the Hugh, yeah. didn't they just sell the division to some yeah they company? sold it to somebody else signifies the new company I so think na- it's still a philips company though oh okay but this is actually i think this has been such a long-running problem in tech that is not discussed at all like if you think about wi-fi even like who has control of that probably the man um i mean and i also or at don't least the tech savvy yeah i don't does. blame anyone like honestly wi-fi is still bullshit really hard uh i would actually say that the few one of the few devices that gets it right is the Google Wi-Fi because you can give partners admin access and it's just through an app. Every single like other Wi-Fi thing to change the Wi-Fi name is this like ordeal in which you must go to like 192.168.1.1 and then like know what to do. But it's it's really annoying because I even have this these problems. Yeah. Um and I usually know how stuff like that uh works. And yeah. I was always like the IT person sure. in my house when i still lived at my parents and shit but um it's it's so many things to get into to get right or to change or whatever yeah it's, it, it all feels very complicated and heavy so I, I can totally understand like how this stuff happens yeah i think i think there just needs to be well i mean it always comes back to more diversity first of all yeah um but there's also a wider discussion about just like how iot and like all of those kind of devices play in together. Like there's so many smart devices and it's going to get hard to avoid smart blenders at some point. Like 
we're already at the point where you, you cannot avoid a smart TV. We, yeah. Like I've talked about this a lot right. everywhere on the internet. It's really frustrating. And at some point, you cannot avoid that technology. So having the conversation now is really important. Well, it's like you can't avoid having email right now. And yeah. reading each reading someone else's email is still a huge issue. Yeah. And now add to that reading, being able to read someone's text messages. Right. What What about like iPads still don't have multi-accounts? Yeah. So it's just like oh, yeah. if there's an iPad sitting in the home, if someone can get into it. Yeah. I mean, like there's no, oh, there's such crazy. a lack of, of privacy still. And... I mean, I know we've talked about it a little bit before, but like passwords is not the right security solution. And right, it's it's neither is it should be one of, one of multiple. Yeah, I there's, I think like security of these things needs to continue advancing and yeah. needs to go a lot further than just like a password or do your you know phase. your spouse's passwords? Yes. No. <laughs> but uh, the only reason I know them is they're in one password. I don't actually know them by heart. And so they're revocable. You share one password? No, we have two separate one passwords with a shared vault for like if somebody would need to log in and you can revoke. Right. That's why I really like that scenario because okay. they're That's secure. That's the only scenario where I would share a yeah. password. And so, but the, I also guess all the passwords are unique. Yeah. I would put my Most passwords in like a will. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've, I think I've got them one written down somewhere for a case of emergency. This is a really dark episode. But, you know, in the case of like you dying your i think wills need to become more modern too and have oh, yeah. here's what to do with all my digital life yeah after i die I, I, yeah. I, would, <laughs> I would love to be able to update it as well or to link it to my yeah. one password or something because yeah uh, if you're taking uh, security seriously you will change your password there is a there's an app and for i'm that. definitely fucking not gonna email my yeah. lawyer every time yeah. <laughs> yeah well i've i've heard that like the goodwill i think yeah I or think what's you're it called right. again there's one that emails you every 180 days, and if you don't reply, it like starts doing stuff to release over time yeah. to the trusted person. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So like you can say your lawyer is trusted, and then like if you don't click a link every 180 days, it will send it to the next person and then release it. Wait, oh, what? They, then they assume you're dead? No. So it's like after two attempts. So I think after 180, they try again uh, on text as well or something. And then if it doesn't work, then they text, like, it, it can email, you can configure it to email next of kin, for example, and say, is this person actually, like, okay? Wow. And, like, if they're not, then it waits a bit longer and says that, like, you've marked them as not okay, and then it releases it to the mm. other trusted person. So, like, the person who even says you're not okay isn't even getting it. Yeah. Right. Uh, there, there's a, I know, like, Facebook has, you can, like, create uh turn someone's account into like a memorial page oh, after they pass yeah. but i've heard like even the process of telling facebook that someone has died is really traumatic it's for the quite person. upsetting because if you've just lost your loved one and then facebook's like now this death certificate doesn't you didn't scan it well enough yeah. or whatever like it that's a horrible well, the experience other too. thing that's really weird There's is they your mind too. they yeah. don't let you unmemorialize it so like once oh, it's no. there i i've been in scenarios where i know somebody who's passed and like everybody goes on the page like this is how it seems to be in the digital age and like oh i miss you all this stuff but then like at some point it's just like too much and you want to get rid of it that's difficult you don't own the account still it's memorialized now so even that is even more it's really sad yeah anyway i think like there's a there's a whole emerging thing here about like personal i think like sovereignty and like data and how does how does sharing things actually work and i think that's like fascinating because as we go down this road like i said you can't go away from them like yeah. how do you i find it difficult to imagine um many thermostats won't be like some sort of digital thing in the future um and i'm not saying that you have to be online but like there's other ways to do it that are like that and i think i've not seen any companies that have addressed this well yet yeah and it's so sad though because all these super exciting new technology things yeah. for your house all seems so cool and then if you think about the amount of people that are abused with them yeah and are like taken to literal hell yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, and people aren't really thinking of those they're yeah. only thinking of like how great is it that you can now change the heat yeah well and i think it's only going to get worse as more things in the home become digital for example like science fiction for the longest time has talked about like the robot personal oh system. yeah yeah like I, even like happy movies like Bicentennial Man, it's like you have a robot in your home that's the size of a person and heavy. Yeah. Like the amount of harm that can inflict is mm. much, much worse. Yeah. So if, if we don't start 
actually being inclusive and diverse yeah. and thinking about these topics right now, we're going to have like really big problems. Well, there's also like, um, I was just thinking uh, along the lines of like, who is responsible for this too? And I think um, one thing that should be addressed that is, it out there? well, yeah. that, but also there should be legislation around this. So like, does a restraining order cover digital products? Yeah. Does like, is it the government's responsibility to actually enforce that? And I think that's really also a thing that should happen is like, it should be punishable if you're doing this because like, it's one thing to make motivate the tech companies. It's a second thing to drag them in the courts over it repeatedly. Right. Um, Well, and then the police departments need to be more prepared on how to deal with these situations. The domestic abuse helplines need to be more prepared as we talked about so yeah yeah that lots needs to change and it's but it's crazy because it's just creeping in everywhere if you look at what's happening right now it's like you like half of the fridges on the market have cameras in them and they like have fucking like tablet computers and like alexa and it's so hard to avoid that it's scary the best products that are smart but not are the ones that let you remove the smart stuff for example, like the Sonos stuff, how like you don't have to use the voice, you can just completely delete it. I think those are the kinds of devices we need, not these ones that like to use it, you have to actually sign in. Yeah. That's the problem a lot of the time is like if there's control or if, like right. you can remove that component, I think we're okay. But Right, and it's really hard because we always talk about like wanting that level of security because you yeah. don't want someone to access, like we were talking about the privacy, like you don't want someone to access your home device from outside the home. Yeah. So like <sighs> it's it's such a difficult um, space to navigate between right. this like one person shouldn't have control, but also people outside the home shouldn't have control. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, and like we talked about like... Fascinating. Put, it's so easy to put these things in the home, like... It's I Google Home Minis are like candy. Yeah, Everyone, yeah, donuts. I've got one in my closet. I don't want to use. Like, yeah, you can't give it away. Tons of, yeah, I can't give it away. No one wants it. Does anyone want it? Um, <laughs> it? There's all these floating around. It's so easy to put one in the home. But like yeah. you said, as soon as you take it out of the home, you could create an abuse inside. Well, yeah, it's like um, it's also consent. Like putting it there means that the other person is not necessarily consenting to use it, and that's a big discussion in itself. Is like. Using a laptop of your own in the home is fine, but then you introduce a voice assistant or you introduce a smart fridge. Well, and they've all got microphones and cameras on them. Yeah, exactly. I actually was going to say I like the approach that Google went for with the voice thing. Um, So Apple has this thing where if you say, hey, Siri, and then like speak with it, it just gets access to everything because it doesn't have authentication. But they added on Google Home that um, it only recognizes the person and then only offers up their data if it really is sure that it's that person talking to it. And then so you... Like, if somebody else asks, you can't access anything. Like, the, the voice assistant is just a dumb What does it engine. say? So, if you would say, like, what's on my calendar to that one, um, it would, in theory, say nothing. It would say, uh, well, right. actually, what it does say, if it doesn't recognize you, is, I'm sorry, uh, I don't know which calendar you mean, or, like, oh, interesting. that kind of thing. And so, generic people can use it. You can turn that off as well. But... It means that, like, if you would show up and start, like, trying to get into my text messages, you couldn't, like... Hmm. Unless you sound like me, of course, and there's that whole problem as well. Yeah, so the problem with that is that when I lower my voice, and yeah. I can't even lower my voice that much, right. it thinks I'm Daniel already. Oh, man, that's really so interesting. it's not really what, the Google Home already does? Yeah, or at least the assistant on his phone. Oh, interesting. Huh. So yeah. it's calibrated to his voice, but yeah. if I lower my voice, it also works. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure that if oh, no. one of you guys would address his assistant... Yeah. It will think it's him. It's interesting. I'll have ha- to put on my Dutch Like, we could try it, and I haven't been able to do that yet, so that's really interesting. Yeah, um, after after we record this, I'm going to try and uh, get into Owen's calendar. I guess, like, what I was trying to say is, like, it's the right direction in terms of, like, segregating, like, this access, and, like, nobody should be an admin over it. Like, if Femke has authorized access to that thing, she can change or delete it uh, as well. And I think that's what's important is, like, these tech companies are never going to solve it for us, but it needs to be a discussion. Yeah. Um, and it needs to let you uh, offer control in a way that you can. Uh, maybe it's auditability is actually the big thing. Is like, but also just being aware of it because yeah. I, e- even I didn't really think about this. No, I had no idea either. I, I have. I'm, I, I must admit, I have a personal feeling that I don't like this kind of tech. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I wasn't really able to tell you why, but I, sure. I don't want a Google Home. I don't want to. Yeah. Alexa or whatever, I feel very I uncomfortable people... with the idea of there being 
a robot version of Amazon in my house. <laughs> a robot, a robot Amazon. That is like the best analogy. Yeah, I love it's it. Weird. As it's fun. like why would you let a corporation just sit in your living room that exactly. is designed to sell you things? Exactly. Right. Oh and shit. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. It's like you get Alexa into your house uh, to set egg timers, <laughs> and like, but it's actually from a shopping company. Yes. Well, yeah. I, I think this goes back to the the consolidation of tech that yeah. we're all concerned about right now. Of like, there's five mega corporations, and and all of the smaller players really don't have a chance. But there's so many acquired. people that don't, don't see the bigger picture. They don't. They don't think of Alexa as Amazon. They think of an assistant, someone who helps you yeah. cook, someone who does this, who does that, who does chores, mm, who makes right. your life easier, whatever. Mm-hmm. Or a funny new thing. Ha ha, mm. friends, look what I do. Ha ha, hey, yeah. Alexa, blah, blah. So, and then it's so easy to forget what right. you're getting in right. your house and w- what the possibilities are and what an abuser yeah. would think like of a thing like that or what like a company thinks. Well, yeah. I think that's why you see a lot of tech at the moment um, moving towards uh, being trying to be a lot more cuter. Like a lot of the yeah, shifts right scary. now, um, right now is actually to remove the illusion of like technology. So, like, yeah. I mean, Google Home is maybe a good example. Like by wrapping a giant, like Alexa looks like a giant omnipresent monitoring microphone, and Google wrapped theirs in fabric to might try and make it cute. Right. You know, like but like you have to think about what these companies make money on, right? Yeah. So. Amazon makes money on selling stuff. And ads. And ads. Google makes money on ads. And selling things. And selling <laughs> So, like, this is the one opportunity that Apple has to win, and right. they're obviously not. Like, well, the they're HomePod failing. and Siri are not the best product. And they're not building them in a way that makes it any better. Right, exactly. But yeah. they're the only one I hope on, because Apple just wants to make money on selling hardware. Yeah. Because, I mean, maybe they do on services, but they've never proved that they can. <laughs> Yeah, I, well, like, they can. They can sell you iCloud, get you uh, get you more than five gigs of free storage. But, but like, maybe none of them are the answer, and we need a player in the game that is a nonprofit that is yeah. trying to build this in a way that is utopic. But it's not going to happen because we only have these big players in the game controlling mm-hmm. the industry and buying the companies that are maybe trying to right. make it better. Yeah, it's like, well, the big question it comes back to for me is just, like, sovereignty over your own data and, like, I think there's evidence out there that you, like, I think a Google Assistant is really interesting. I think this thing is an interesting product, but the people who make them are maybe the issue. And, like, if you, the technology can run on the endpoint. Like, there's a company called Clips.ai that does edge processing. So all the voice data is processed inside your home and isn't sold to anybody, right? And you can see everything. Like, you can control it. And, like, maybe it is that. It's, like, you being... Um, not a data subject of a giant corporation. How long do you think it will take before people are going to build a new internet? Uh, (laughs) Just start over. Uh, Just throw this one in the trash. We're going to get 12 (laughs) replies about cryptocurrencies and like Ethereum, which I don't think is any better than this. But yeah. I think the new internet... uh, For instance, there is people that are uh, trying stuff like this, of course. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Uh, And like the mesh networks Mm -hmm. thing is pretty interesting. Um, do you know what it is? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, but you should explain it. It's very hard. I always struggle. Do you with mean this like one. decentralized networks? So yes. like, um, you don't need a connection, but you, I connect through you to Zach. Yeah. So it's it's kind of like what cryptocurrency tries, like, but like peer to peer. Blockstack does this. Yeah, yeah. I think there's a few. Yeah. I think so. Okay, <laughs> my my reaction to is there a new internet? Yes, but <laughs> I think it's dependent on a shift in the form factor. I think the next internet is augmented reality, for example. But it's the internet underneath. Bold you know, that's not statements. well. No, I I don't know if it's augmented reality. But what I'm saying is the form factor needs to shift. The reason the internet took off the way it did is because we got the browser and like augmented reality like would move the paradigm. Why why would we need these flat things, for example? And I think that's where we get a new internet. And it's just the internet underneath, like. It's just connectivity in the end. Yeah, I think my question comes from frustration and yeah. me wanting to just dump the whole internet into <laughs> a trash can and start over Love again. it. I know what the out <laughs> yeah. of this one's going to be. Well, and... <laughs> <laughs> trash. And a, a lot of the internet is privatized now and owned yeah. by giant mega corporations like the AT&T, Time Warner, whatever conglomerate craziness. We should talk about that. <laughs> you heard it's not going through, right? Yeah. But I, these large companies own the internet mostly. Like yeah. we, we like to think that the internet is open and free, and 
democratic and shared by all, but it's yes. not. It's because it kind of was, but then yeah. there were no rules around it, which means it's kind of an anarchy. And then, and then people, the Nazis logged on. For instance. <laughs> for well, example. And, well, and governments didn't play enough part in keeping it right. decentralized. Not and, at all. Yeah, I and mean. And they're kind of like, that's what the whole GDPR thing is as well, I think. Like trying to yeah. backpatch it, I guess. Is that a word? I don't know. Yeah, no, it's just like seeing what happened and then trying to react uh, proactive, uh, proactively, no, in, in retrospect. Like, they're, they're going out and regulating something that already happened on the internet. Yeah. And unfortunately, the biggest problem is a lot of this legislation actually just makes it easier to monopolize than ever. Like, yeah. GDPR is just like a great example of like, here you go, Facebook, you have the resources to do this. And everybody else is like, oh, no. Mm. But... I think I think there's an interesting discussion here that um, yeah is going to be quite long term. I think like, the, the 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 most important part of this subject is think about this stuff. Yeah. Uh, for yourself and for your partners as well. Make sure, like everyone knows what you're putting in your house. Make yeah. sure everyone has access to it as well, because hmm. in the end. No one really wants right. a scenario like that. Like either party, like no person wants this. Yeah. So make sure it can't happen. I th- yeah, and all. I think it's worth having a discussion about. Like yeah. I think the takeaway is maybe and think about it. Maybe when if you work at a right. corporation, corporation like this, like maybe bring up the subject or talk about it or read the article that we're gonna share in the yeah. uh, show notes because I think it's very important for the future of the internet. Yeah. That we tackle this thing before it becomes even worse i think it's literally it's uh the first step in this is like for anybody listening is just like open the debate if you're going to buy something uh that is something if you're going to buy a nest talk about it yeah like and it doesn't need to be this whole thing for 20 minutes you can just say look i want to buy this but it connects it to the internet and like these are what we this is what we can do with it yeah are you comfortable with that and that's and like that needs to be the groundwork. I mean, not everybody can do that, but I think it's important too if you're going to buy it, basically. Yeah. Talking about buying stuff. Yeah. Oh. Are you guys going to buy the new MacBooks? Oh, God. That was an okay. amazing segue. Uh, <laughs> um, real quick before we segue, we're going to put the list of domestic violence helplines in the show notes. It's a Wikipedia page with all of them from around the world. Nice. Great. Nice work. And okay, now we we'll segue go, into sorry, we'll go back further to consumerism. Um, so Apple just released some out of MacBooks. <laughs> it was like a weird day, actually, because it was like uh, the day before there was this rumor about new MacBooks in October. And then the next day it was like, there's new MacBooks. And everyone's like, what? Huh? That's like, interesting. This never happens, first oh. of all, um, which means that nobody's leaking. <laughs> and oh, also it's probably uninteresting yeah. enough to leak. <laughs> Thing is... I have been thinking about your theory a lot about the new Apple headquarters. Maybe they are built, built to not leak. Was it yeah, you that brought that I, up? I did, yeah. I, I, I think that they've they've always talked about like putting different employees in silos. And when mm. I was at headquarters, like the way it works is your badge can only let you into certain places. And then the the design is so that you don't really know what mm. you can't get to. Like, if you're like, oh, looks I would love to get near the hardware team, you have no concept for where that is until yeah. you've been there a while. There's no signage. Yeah, yeah the signage is limited. Uh, and if your badge doesn't get you there, you can't even get into a place where you can see signage in s- certain cases. Yeah. So that was the old headquarters. That sounds so cold. Yeah. <laughs> well, it is. It's very clinical, I yeah. would say. Um, and the new headquarters, I, I my, this is just a guess and an intuition that it was designed to, obviously the company is gigantic and so is the headquarters building. So everything's really spread out already but i'd imagine that it's set up in a way that you really can't get to something without having explicit permission i think there's that and they're also offside most of these things like if you think about project titan which is the car project it's in alameda right it's in a, just like the most boring office building oh, is that you've Waymo ever seen is in alameda yeah no this is also in san jose um, oh okay but uh by anyway. the way on the topic of project titan for five seconds we, we're like, oh, nothing leaked. And then this week, there was this whole, like, friggin' lawsuit with that guy who tr- stole, yeah. like, 8,000 documents about the self-driving car. Now we know it exists because he tried to steal them and they reported it to the FBI. Um, and what's amazing was his level of access meant he could go anywhere at the company. So, like, if you work on a secret enough project, you get everything. <laughs> wow. It's quite strange. Anyway, MacBooks. Um, 
<laughs> okay, I have a take. Okay, go with your take. And it's it's for the Apple lovers and Apple haters. That's my also, I have a take along those lines. Okay, too, so. so. It's interesting. You're right in the middle between an Apple hater and an Apple lover. <laughs> yeah, it's sitting between it. you. Um, where to begin? Okay. <laughs> this is an update, but more importantly, it's we're looking forward because this wasn't this wasn't the big Apple product that we've been waiting for. This is a holdover until the big Apple product we've been waiting for, which is this rumored star device, which is an ARM computer that Apple makes that maybe has a detachable screen, maybe has a touch screen, maybe it's two iPads buckled together. Can I, can I ask type. you a question quickly? Yeah. Mm. What is an ARM? Oh, oh yeah. yeah, that's a type of processor that... Um, Mostly lives on phones. Very, like, quite powerful, but just complete different architecture. So if you wanted to run, like, Photoshop, it would have to be rewritten. And uh, but very power efficient. That's the one. It, they're power efficient, and that's why they put them in phones. It's your battery life. Not made by the same company. That's the... ARM is a company, and Does they compete with Intel. iPad have the ARM yes. thing? Yes. Custom yeah. designed yes. there. Well, and so that's, that's sort of the take I was getting to is um, this touchscreen ARM device that detaches from its keyboard came out years ago and it's called the iPad. Yeah. And so like Apple Apple already got there, but they didn't get the software industry 100% to go touchscreen and to go mobile and to go ARM, like mm-hmm. you said. And they also didn't get their marketing there. Like the the perception from like a a pro, prosumer, mm. you know, like that consumer high-end maybe you use xcode yeah. is that i can't do all my work on an ipad and yeah. that's because apple didn't put xcode there but that doesn't mean that that ipad can't do that yeah work. like it absolutely can like frederick and i both have ipad yeah. pros and it's really powerful computer and i would argue there's a lot of pro software there now yeah yeah it's we my could... favorite computer actually yeah yeah absolutely. well that's like my friend justin tweeted this morning um don't at me about the best computer apple uh, best pro computer apple makes is an ipad pro of course um, i completely agree i also me agree too. and it's a thousand dollars but i think what they failed to do is evolve it so i the way i think the ipad strategy is your point was already like rounded up or not yet I could finish after all. Yeah, okay. well, okay, let's just quickly. <laughs> I think the strategy with the iPad was literally like, we don't want to talk about it like a computer yet because it can't live up to that. Yeah. So we release it like this and we increment over it. And then they just didn't. Like, it took them no, so long to get did. here. No, but they did, but slower than the wider industry. And I don't think that they right. expected that, right? So Microsoft, we talked about the the Surface Go. Oh, so yeah. we've got all of these computers that are now, uh, the, Surface, the Surface Book 2 that you have even, it's... It's a touch screen that's also a tablet, and then you leave a keyboard behind when you take the screen tablet with you. Right. And the iPad Pro is this, and Google's computers are mostly touch screen now. Right. All the Chromebooks are going touch screen. The HP started doing a detachable one. Supposedly, the next Pixel Pixelbook Two will be detachable. It's just it's the iPad and the key the iPad keyboard is that computer. Yeah. It's just getting everyone to that place. It's. But it's not finished. It's This is what I'm saying is like they got to that point. But Apple was funny because they make these like wide reaching statements. They're like, it's it's the, the new computer, but not a computer or something like. And then so they've got this iPad with the keyboard. And then like you just have like no decent until recently. iOS 11, I think, was the big update. Suddenly they're like, we've got app switching. We've got this. And it's, it's like a dock. Yeah. And I suspect that the next step for the iPad is like, I hate to say this and I'm sorry, you hundred percent disagree, but like a pointing device would be quite useful sometimes uh, or like external screens. I agree and disagree with you on the pointing yeah. device because uh, computers used to just be a keyboard interface yeah, I or, agree. or a punch card before that. And when the mouse first came out, there were yeah. people that were like, I don't need that. I can do everything with the keyboard. There's still and people that still do that. To, that's what yeah, I was going to say. Still I today, there's people that navigate agree. their whole computer yeah. with a keyboard. And so when the trackpad came out, people were like, oh, well, the ma- I need a mouse, not a trackpad. Yeah. And like I'm staring at one on your desk of like, it's a mouse, not a trackpad. Yeah. And it, so the Apple Pencil is the next... Okay, but that's type, I guess like that stylus. But is that's like, where I'm going with this is even that barely works compared with like what you would need from a r- daily full time use computer. So like, so yeah, it depends on really what you're doing and where you're wanting to get out of it. And for me, it changed a lot about yeah. the way I work. Yeah, I wouldn't say for the worse. No, per I se. don't think so. What I do, like, okay, so the iPad Pro that I have, I have the larger one, mm. which is if I put it on top of my uh, MacBook 
15 inch. Yeah. It's almost the same size. Oh, right. It's definitely the same size screen. Right. Which is insane. Yeah. Um, and um, I can connect my Bluetooth uh, Magic Keyboard to it. Yep. Which helps, which makes me use yeah. shortcuts while drawing. Right. Which mm-hmm. is really nice. And I, I do really like the pencil as a mm. pointing device. I think that's a really... I think it's um, a game changer. Yeah, it's a... I don't. Re- I never crave having a mouse. So it. this wasn't my point, though. Actually, to be clear, the point was that Apple wouldn't even let you use the pencil as a pointing device until iOS 10. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so what I'm saying is, like, that came, and then even that is not fully finished. Like, yeah. it's not there. Like, you can't. Um, for example, you can't actually write into a text box on uh, iOS, like with the pen. Right. So you have to switch modes when you want to, like, just write Google.com, like. Well, that's what's weird with it. I think what we're talking about here is just like the software not catching up because yeah. I, I think what we've seen right now, starting almost this year, it seems like is this every new computer is having some sort of pen input or touch. And yeah. Microsoft computers, Chromebooks, yeah, hmm. iPads, everyone, the dominance of phones, smartphones. Yeah. Just the software needs to catch up. Like. Mm. Especially like pro software, like we were talking about. I yeah. tried the Surface Studio, the big like iMac like Microsoft computer. Yeah. And I opened like Photoshop, and the tap targets were too small for a touch right. screen. Yeah. And it's just like the so- the software industry. It's just janky. It's there's this disconnect between uh, this is a, a mobile touch software and this is a desktop software. Yeah. Right. So what I really enjoy about what Apple's always doing is keeping it separate so it is you never have an app that has weird touch uh, uh, targets. That's at not all. separate anymore though. That's the thing. No, I know. And I, I know that they're trying to keep to bring it together as well with what's it called again? Marzipan Project? <laughs> whatever. Um, Marzipan. I hate the name so much. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like a Android release. Yeah, and it's also like yeah. the worst cake. Like, <laughs> oh, I don't think that's true. It's the worst cake. Okay, not any we're gonna cake. get cake mentions. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna um, get cake haters. Okay, but uh, this is this is maybe the interesting thing is I think that if you have a transitional interface that adapts well, and I think the Chrome OS does it quite well now because it adapts between hybrid mode and um, touch mode, so it's like. It goes into normal... Touchable UI. Touchable UI oh. is what they call it. It's terrible. <laughs> but I think that is a really good metaphor. Like, Microsoft fucked up everybody's perceptions with Windows 8 because they went, like, hard touch yeah. back then. And everybody doesn't realize that they went the other way now. And the whole OS, um, when you disconnect, gets a flag from the OS that says, please go touchable now. And every app, like, even Photoshop reflows now, which is crazy. Yeah. But I will so yeah. to get back at the beginning like will you buy the new macbook i think this is a no and a no yeah <laughs> but i think i will buy it at some point i would wait out the keyboard more than anything else yeah but i need at some point i need a new macbook yeah yeah and well i, I think it solves a lot I of issues i am not gonna buy a windows computer yeah that's fair uh, even Most like for are. the same bleh, for the simple reason that um switching os and switching yeah. It takes a lot of time. Like, I'm really fast in my it's day-to-day a workflow. workflow. Big, I don't want to fuck it up. I don't want to change. Yeah, <laughs> I think, The big turning point, I think, here, out of all of this, is the web and the trend away yeah. from um, desktop apps. Yeah. And I think the only way that people will ever really be interested in switching platforms, like, it's all mostly the same. Yeah. Most people can go between Windows and uh, Mac at this point. Most apps are there. Like, you have to change some of the way you work. The actual shift will be the tooling. Most people use a Mac or a Windows because they have some app or some tool chain that they need. I think if we shift everything to the web, it's suddenly a question because why do you need a Mac? Why do you need a PC? Why do you need anything in particular? And I think we're moving towards like using the best tools for our, the job. Like everything's just going to be portable. I it's moving. I totally agree. Um, it's moving. <laughs> I think one of the things you said to me, Owen, when mm. the apple news broke that there was this new computer is a lot of people should just get a desktop computer yeah and an ipad or whatever that mobile device works yes. for them to do work on the go maybe it's just their phone M- you know maybe if they're just doing like mm. facebook and email but like you know like frederica do you do you need the portability of a laptop probably because yeah. you work in two different workspaces but yeah. a lot of people they leave their laptop plugged into the point of their battery expanding. Yeah. Because it sits on their desk all the time. It's just like, 
And that's maybe like what bothers me. So this like refresh, maybe we should just be a bit clear. It's a yeah. spec bump. In my opinion, it's like them giving pros something so they shut up. <laughs> and the whole advertisement on the website is around pros. Please, we love pros. We swear to God. But the thing that really grated me wrong about it was like they um, bludgeoned in um, performance upgrades without addressing any of the actual things that pros didn't like. Like, okay, well, what about the touch bar being an option? Nope, we're not updating the one without a touch bar. Okay, cool. Uh, what about dongles? Nope, still full price. Okay. Uh, what about, uh, like, I don't know, bumping the screen uh, at some point or, like, fixing the keyboard? Uh, well, no, did, we didn't they, do that. They did add the true tone I know, but, to the display, uh, which is nice. Uh, I mean, like, yeah. but when, you, when we're talking... It's not enough or okay. No, you know, you know no, what I, you know what hang I hang saw on, on. on Twitter this morning? What? I, I saw, actually, a really heartbroken guy who's tweeting that? about Apple, which oh, is Owen. That? Oh, it's me. I am not heartbroken. I'm thoroughly enjoying it at this point. No, you seem like... You would have it's loved to see it in a different way. I would no. If they way. would, re- this is what I keep saying to people: release the thing. Like, if you would redefine that MacBook, I'll come back in a fucking heartbeat. I don't want to switch platform, and it still takes time see, to. See, this is where no. I mean you're heartbroken. I'm actually. not heartbroken because I'm kind of pissed off that people won't consider something else. Like yeah. every argument is, <laughs> oh, but it runs Windows. I'm like, it doesn't fucking matter anymore. Every app is there yeah and that's what i hate I think. and if your app isn't there like maybe it's not the best app well yeah i think that's <laughs> I know like that. a, a big debate i've had a lot lately with other people and i'm sorry to bring up design tools but do it's it like, if you if you are a company and your entire like fucking thing depends on apple like updating their macs because you have to use sketch you you have a huge business risk and also you're being pretty exclusionary to the a billion people out there who cannot afford a mac like yeah. That's a huge problem. I 100% agree. But I also find myself on the other side of the yeah, spectrum. Where I get I it. really want a MacBook. Well, we, but we all use the, we all, we all want to use the tools that we, like, we all want to use the tools that just help us get shit done. And that's where I'm at because I switched to the other thing because it got my work done in a better way. Yeah. And I think the interesting thing is, like, I, I think the thing that grates me the most about these releases is, like, Apple was just, like, the MacBook is a means to an end for them, and it's kind of obvious at this point. Um, and it like they keep saying we're listening, but then just doing this like weird stuff where they like kind of just do a lip service release to like shut people up and like won't actually address the issue. So like one thing with this one is the high end MacBook 15 is I think it's six thousand dollars, and then like the Verge was like, "So did you fix the keyboard?" And they're like, "No, nah. it's quieter." Yeah, it's quieter, it's and not- everyone's like, "That's." Not what we asked well, for. I honestly don't know what quieter even means. Oh, it's it's loud, loud keyboard. People yeah. at uh, I know, I know, I know. But like, what does quieter? Yeah, how much quieter? Yeah, it's not really a yeah. thing you can. Is it like yelling softer? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It doesn't. Uh, they, I think they said something like twenty percent quieter, but it's just really interesting because twenty percent. Yeah, twenty percent of what? <laughs> it's not quantifiable at yeah, all. Yeah, maybe it's decibels, but that's ridiculous. I think it's I like think everyone look, types different. The takeaway from this is it's easier than ever to switch between stuff. I think it's cool that the people who really need this are there, but I think that the debate about the power and the temperature thing is still valid. It's like Apple gives you the device you need. It turns out it was a desktop all along. Um, and like buying a MacBook that's really powerful is great. Great, buy your six core i9. But the actual problem at the end of it is you're going to have it on the desk. It's going to get really hot and then your CPU throttles down. And that's actually the problem with a lot of these devices is you, you're up against this thermal wall where if you would just have a desktop PC or even if they would make a... I would love to see like a really powerful Mac Mini make it a little chunkier. Just like give it some... Yeah. some guts um and, and then, there were rumors of a mac mini refresh this yeah. fall so that's kind of exciting it's look i think out of all of this it's like the people who were backed into a corner like our friend devon who needed like freaking rendering power can actually find it now yeah and that's a good thing the unfortunate side effect of all of this is like they're digging their heels in on the thinness and the keyboard and the like touch bar they don't care uh about that stuff and it's like I think long term, it's just a risk for everybody. It's like at some point, I hope we get to a point where it just like OSs don't matter. Like I think it's just so stupid. I love Chrome OS for that because it's just like such an uninteresting discussion. Even like it's Chrome OS. Everything is the internet. And I love it. Yeah. And I think that's maybe where we should get to is like everything should just be portable. And like the hardware is slowly coming together. I love the MacBook X, the fake uh, MacBook Pro from Huawei. Oh, yeah. Um, Just because like 
they made a MacBook with the same level of hardware with an uglier logo. And that's where we're at now. It's like, it's all just leveling out. So what I, I would love to go back to your point about access real quick of yeah. like the Google and Facebook both talk a lot about the next billion users. Yeah. And like Apple does not. Well, I, <laughs> I mean, a- Apple would love to sell, sell another billion, but it's that thing of like, would you rather have a billion people paying $10 mm. or a hundred thousand people paying $2,000? Right. Like a- Apple's betting on like, they're still the high-end market. Mm. Like, yes, they do make a cheaper iPad now. And I think that that will probably be the yeah. device that takes True. off for them. Is the, like, if they can get an iPad for $200. Well, that's what makes which the I Surface think Go the so interesting. Are, exactly what I was going to talk about is, like, the Surface Go, the Chromebooks that are $200. Yeah. Like, th- those are the devices that are going to bring me more people online. Yeah. And this week, like, Project Loon, Google's, like, moonshot one of its moonshot things of like oh, yeah. delivering internet to more people yeah it it graduated from the google x program and became right. an alphabet company this week and like that's all about giving more access to people that don't mm. have it and so i feel like um maybe that's not apple's goal yeah well i think the shift is actually fundamentally in how we create things as well if you talk about like frederica like designing stuff on an ipad if you look at the way that people use their phones people are like remixing videos and stuff on tiny fucking pocket computers so maybe the actual problem is moving towards that model of like a different complete way of thinking of things and i think that's where we're going with that stuff it's like why do we need these yeah i mean (laughs) it's internet of apps at the end of it but i read this great thread about how um there are these like full-length feature films that are winning awards that are made on like uh, some kids made them on their phones and yeah. how 50 years ago the movie industry was like you had to be a rich white guy yeah. or right you had to be a rich white guy and the the, <laughs> acts, the access yeah. was so exclusionary and right it cost so much money to make a film yeah that's true and i remember when it, and then you would also have like harvey weinstein there yeah exactly but i remember when the iphone 6 came out i think it was there was a guy who shot a whole movie on it yeah. and then people were, yeah it's not good enough and everyone's like it's great <laughs> yeah uh, you know i saw a movie and it was like at the end it was like made on a mobile phone and i was like i would have had no yeah you guys idea. fucking trolled me i would have had no idea yeah. but i think the moral yeah, of this like discussion is actually more meta than all of this it's like for me, it's like, why do you have to carry an iPad and a MacBook? Or why do you have to carry a computer yeah, and I, a tablet? Yeah, I would love, love, yeah. love to not buy a new MacBook yeah. and just use my iPad. Right. And because the iPad's on that road. it does feel fucked up that I have to bring right. both of those. Yeah. Because there, there is this fucking gap still where I cannot do some stuff on my iPad. And it's, it's narrow, but it's a gap in the middle. Yeah, it's yeah. like exporting certain things. It's like... Um, Even just after grabbing, editing yeah. the colors or something, copying files to places, yeah, like <laughs> would, you, it to would, the, 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 would you say it's software limitation uh, or a hardware limitation? I think it's software. software. I think so. I yeah. think it's just not yeah. mature. Like if you look at the mail app on the iPad, it feels like it, you can't do serious mail compared with the mail app on Mac. Like For that's instance, great. I love the, the app Astrobed, which yeah. makes me, me stream <laughs> my. <laughs> Um, MacBook screen sure. to my iPad. Which is so funny because it's the Surface Book. I know. But <laughs> uh, it has, that thing has hardware limitations. Right. So they came out with this dongle type thing that you put in your MacBook. Oh. That really like solves the whole issue. Mm-hmm. And it really becomes what you want it to be. Right. Like, Interesting. Your, your MacBook becomes accessible through your iPad. Yeah. And it works really well. I'm surprised they don't have it as an official thing. But I would way. love just to access yeah it. your whole mac well that would be without the mac there like, yeah can it be home or yeah that's place? interesting but that is why i think the convertible category is interesting if you don't screw it up and i think that's what we've seen historically is like the surface pro which i like the idea of has that weird fabric thing and it's like a weird computer but not hey and, and we also talked about this before but yeah. like apparently it is possible to stream parts of an mac app to an ipad app for instance mm. some dj apps have it yeah. oh yeah yeah where you can use your ipad as an interface to oh. interact with your mac right app. right yeah i've seen a few apps like that around the dj ones are like the ones that i can think of actually yeah but I, and this is an, a thing that happened in like 2012 or something. well yeah because they yeah. were that was when they were pushing it as the second screen to yes. go beyond your mac um well, i would love that 
it, yeah. for a Photoshop or Illustrator or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but Adobe is not doing it. So Adobe, <laughs> Adobe is just listening. a money company. I, I think for me, like what's becoming my ideal computer setup would be an iPad Pro. And this solution has existed for a really long time, a dock for it. Yeah. I want to come home and I'll have my keyboard on my desk, maybe a pointing device of some sort, and yeah. an Apple display that's made to work with iPads. So yes. that's where I think the surplus is. Honestly, and, and, and then it's just and then it's just software catching up. And yeah. I think we're almost there because so much software is going to the web yeah. that it'll be there. Yeah. It just needs like web plus touch. I think that's where the Surface Go is sitting, and that's I think maybe yeah. why I give a shit about because I didn't think I cared, and then I was like reading the page. That thing is an iPad Pro 10-inch model that uh, does only tablet things. And then if you use the dock, which just click, like you, you put it, it clicks, and go, yeah. boop, and um, it's the full computer. Owen, are you going to get one of those? I would love to get one. Um, I don't know about the release. So the reason I really like that one is it's not only an iPad thing, but it's also the desktop, but it also has LTE. Right. So you can. So does the iPad, and that's what I like about right. my iPad Pro. But I so love much. the idea of being able to go from desktop into iPad mode and be online, despite the fact that I'm on the same device. Like, or if I'm at home and the internet goes down, it just keeps going. Right. Um, and I think it, you're right. The transition. I had kind of expected computers to do this by now. Me too. Like, I almost like I I remember like five years ago, everyone's like, you're going to be able to dock your phone and like. It will be a computer, and like two people tried it, and it sucked. Like Motorola and Samsung. Samsung still has this, still banging on this, by the way. Samsung DEX, Google it. Oh, they That's had the crazy. worst branding problem. We were just having this discussion of like I- J Alpha Go. Yeah. What is that? Oh, it's a cheap phone. Got it. Um, but I think I think you're right. Like now we're at the point where computers have matured enough that now people want to use them for every use case, and we're, we're going to start seeing them converge. Like if you think about that rumored flippable tablet. That Microsoft was working on the one with the weird hinge that we talked about. Yeah, yeah, that is that. That's your phone, a tablet, and it's a desktop, and it transitions between the three. And I think that's what everybody is looking for. Like, I'm tired of taking. I can't wait for the day that I get rid of my laptop bag. I'm yeah. so tired of it. Like, I want to take this screen in my bag, right? He's holding up his Surface. Yeah, Black sorry, yeah, or my phone even, and just like be able to go up yeah. from there. Um, so, just to bring it back. Apple released a new laptop that we're not 100% pumped about in this room. It's but, not It's not but, terrible. I will say yeah. that. It's actually the most, like, okay release <laughs> since the 2015 model. Like, yeah. I'm I'm personally, like, holding out. I've, there have been a lot of rumors about Apple products this mm. week, including new laptops the day before they came out. Yeah, which is funny. But I, I think my iPad Pro, I have the, like, 10, 9 point whatever inch mm. iPad Pro. Mm. I think no matter what, I'm going to buy the next iPad Pro that comes out, mm-hmm. the 12.9 inch or whatever. It ends when up will being. They, oh, it'll be the one with Face ID, right? It'll be this fall. It'll probably have Face ID. Mm-hmm. It'll probably have smaller bezels. Mm-hmm. And literally, if nothing else changes, you know, what I do want is USB-C. I really love the iPad Pro. Yeah. But like, even that would that, sell me, I think, on getting I one. I know. If they had USB-C, I, I think I could get rid of my Chromebook even. I literally don't have anything that charges with a separate port except the iPad in this house. Like, <laughs> it's the only one that I have to carry a lightning cable around for. So, Frederick, Oh, no, you also use a, a Kindle and it has a different one. Oh, too. I just I never charge it. E-paper, thank <laughs> God. <laughs> so, Frederick, you... Yeah, there's always that. Or, like, the mouse, the, like, the MX Master also yeah. uses that damn thing. You've got an iPad Pro. 12.9 inch if a new one came out what would it need to have for you to upgrade Ooh, Ooh, that's a really hard question because you'd have to spend over a thousand dollars again yeah well that's apple's problem with the ipad too right i i don't i think i'm good for, for you're a while. good yeah i think performance is really good on the ipad i rarely walk or walk into is that a dutch thing to say I rarely have any you problems. You rarely with it. run into. Run into. There you go. Software problems, it sounds like. Huh? It sounds like software problems yes. that you run into more yeah, than yeah, anything. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of those things are already uh, fixed. So if they would ship a version with uh, some sort of native touchpad hardware shit in it so you can use it with your Mac, would you buy that? What? So, like you said, there's this dongle that you have to buy for that app. If they oh, shipped Astrid, that Astrid. as a oh, hardware yeah. feature, yeah, would yeah. you buy upgrade? Yeah. Yeah, there you yeah, go. Yeah, I think, yeah. and I think that will come. I think that is actually somewhat inevitable. Yeah, I just want them to get rid of the camera bump 
on oh, the yeah, device. Oh, yeah, that's absurd. Yeah. The device that I I'm supposed actually, to lay down and draw on. Yeah, I would actually pay to get rid of that. But it helps that I have, like, that's one That's the funny of those, thing. Yeah. But it helps that I have one of those uh, covers. Oh, yeah, I um, need to get that. Yeah, because it kind of straightens it out because it's a bit cushiony. Yeah. And I, I think the next one will probably have eSIM in it. Um, yeah. I, I think we're all, all the devices are moving in that direction, starting with like the Google phones, um, making it really popular. I know it's existed for a while, but like, yeah, the the Pixel Two was like really probably oh. the most widespread eSIM device. And what I would really love is um, a pad to charge my pencil on. Me too. Like that would wireless be cool. war- uh, charging. That's that a weird great. one, actually. I like, want a wireless. Given that they're going hard on wireless and still haven't released their pad, or like thing. a little nip. Holder where you can just yeah. put it in. I bought the uh, like third party one to hold it that looks like the Wacom yeah, yeah, like yeah. pen holder. I bought it and it it's like perfect for that. Yeah, but it's like my favorite accessory for my <laughs> iPad. But imagine that it would charge. Your I know it's like I really want that. Yeah, because my pencil's always empty. So and actually, the battery life on my iPad is not super amazing. Right. No, we use ours a lot. I think. Yeah, if I use it a full day in Procreate, which takes a lot of energy, I think I like. Yeah, imagine, yeah, I imagine. I basically have to at least have it charged like. You know, half I, of think, the day. I think I think yeah. like a lot of these problems that we just discussed is like because the platforms uh, that are out there, each of them is missing a piece. Like, yeah, um, it's not that portable. I cannot really sit in the park and draw. Well, yeah, and so well, right. what you've seen over the years is like Microsoft really wanted to do this, but they didn't have the phone. Right, it's no fun. And then Apple really wanted to do this, but they didn't have the iPad, and they had to build it out over time. And now they don't have like they don't have the Mac platform as well. And so I think like a lot of it is like each com- company had like the PC, one had the phone, Apple has the iPhone, and then like they all wanted to go out across like these use cases and couldn't because they didn't own it. Like yeah. somebody else mm. did. I mean, like I'll put a link to the sh- in the show notes to this video of Microsoft like three years ago demoing he. It's Satya Nadella just after he joined the company. He gets his phone out of his pocket and plugs a USB cable onto it and then it's just like on his screens. And I think that we'll get there. And that missing piece has always been one of those things. It's like for the iPad. That sounds so dorky. Plug it and it USB into your phone. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> going wireless. I mean, that's even well, better. Yeah. <laughs> USB. Well, I think, I think there's like the appetite for consumers to have more than one device, right? So like I have an iPad, an iMac, a laptop, a I think phone. there's a sales that's- incentive for them to have more than yeah, one device. I, I just want to be like more idealistic than like how much money we can make these companies. Yeah. Like the average person, how many devices do they want? Probably one or two. Do they want a phone and a monitor in a couple rooms? Do they want a monitor at work and a monitor at home and one phone? Do they want, you know, like I think we have to ask those questions before like we're trying to make the solution for it. Because if it's I actually want separate devices for separate things then creating this device that does everything is not the right solution. You know, it makes me think that, like, what we actually need is, like, I I almost imagine a future in which you have your phone in your pocket and you have something like an iPad, but all it is is, like, just a larger screen for your phone. And it just, like, does a thing and it's, like, on that thing. Like, you don't have to plug it in or anything, but wirelessly you can use it bigger. And then if you want to use it at your desk, you put it down and it's charging, but then it's bigger. Like, oh, my God. The Apple Watch is this, right? Yeah. It's your phone's in your pocket and it's another screen. I mean, I love that thing for that reason. It's like, it, it's an augmented thing. And I think that's where maybe all of this is fucked up. It's like, you have to sync your files to the iPad or like whatever. And then you have to go and like have them on your computer. I like, have the worst problem with this. Oh no. I will tell us. One of the files somewhere is stuck. Oh no. An iCloud thingy. And the only way to fix this is to reinstall my computer. Sick. Are you serious? It's the second that most Apple thing ever. I love it. You go to the help center and it's like, okay, to fix this, just delete everything. And I'm like, what? So I basically just removed the idea of using iCloud yeah. for my brain. Yeah. And I just, I message myself all my files. That's This is such an incentive for you to just buy the new MacBook. I know. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. But you can't it do actually, a restore then. It actually is. Yeah. yeah. It's... It doesn't make any sense. I mean, that's absurd. That's like... The, the, it's a very Apple problem. iCloud is so like this. And they, like, they give you no area to look for that. Like, I canceled my iCloud and it has a lot in it. And I just I kind of assumed they would, like, delete it all. But now I'm stuck in this state where if I log in, any device that I log into just complains endlessly about iCloud being full. And it locks all the apps from, like, opening documents or making new ones. But the only way to delete everything is to have an iPhone. Yeah. <laughs> 
Wow. So like I have 300 gigs of photos, but to do it online, you you have to delete one by one. I think you can manage it now on a Mac, but then you'd have to have a Mac. Yeah. Well, so I tried that. I set it up on the Mac mini, uh, but you have to download all the photos first, which would take forever. It takes a while. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Anyway, I think we should wrap up there and we'll cover off all the things on our list from next week. I prefer to like do one big topic anyway. I think it was more fun to actually have a in-depth talk about an issue at hand um and as as we said like there's a lot in the show notes and like if you if you need to talk to somebody please do like we're in discord happy to like hear and try and be useful uh but there's also a lot of resources in the show notes yeah otherwise um thanks for hanging out chargepodcast.com for the actual things to click uh otherwise review us on your favorite podcast app ah, thanks for hanging out it was Thank good you. thanks Thank for the you. uh long uh discussion i liked it great i might buy a new macbook <laughs> impulse buy <laughs> no. yeah just yeah. give it give it a few days until at least like people have tried it oh no it's gonna be a couple of months before yeah there you I go. yeah but. i have such a hard problem i'm so like wishy-washy and like oh i switched to all things google and now it's like well i kind of want just a new ipad this is Pro the, and this nothing is the, else and the perpetual problem of tech yeah yes. anyway okay bye bye biscuits bye biscuits Bye, Viscous. Likes are now flurbs. Yeah.